Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Joshua. You know how to find that, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. All right, that's why we learned them books of the Bible. We will have time for some scripture recitation tonight, saying the books of the Bible, whatever. Every last Sunday night we stick that in our evening service. And uh, I want to focus this morning and show you four things about Rahab uh, that I hope we can uh, apply to our own lives in um, Joshua chapter number two. Joshua chapter number two. I'm going to read here and then we're going to make some points starting around verse nine. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Now, we're going to see later that that was an act of personal faith on her part in the God of Israel, even though she was an evil, wicked Canaanite woman. Uh, her whole life is going to pivot right there uh, for the rest of eternity when she received uh, those two men who were spies that the children of Israel had sent out. The children of Israel are over on the east side of the Jericho River. They've been wandering for 40 years And they're about ready now to cross over the Jericho River and make the conquests of the land of Canaan, which is a land that God gave to Israel that they were going to have to fight the Canaanites for and have to drive them out and and fight with them. And the first of the 31 conquests is going to be a city called Jericho. And this is where this Rahab lives, this Canaanite woman. Uh, in this city of Jericho. And so Israel, over on the other side, Jericho River, sends these two spies across to check out to see what they're going to be up against in their first battle. And as they're going to this huge city, there's, there's lodging in the wall and, and windows in the wall, and there's a, a, a harlot who lives there named Rahab, And when she recognizes that these two men were Jews, these two men were men of God, she welcomes them into her house and makes the best decision of her life uh, to embrace the God of Israel as her own and to renounce the ways of the Canaanites that she had been brought up in. Anyway, verse 2. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. So they're caught. (coughs) And the woman took the two men and hid them and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whither the men went, I wot not. Pursue after them quickly, 
for they shall overtake them, for ye shall overtake them. Now notice she's not only a harlot, she's a good liar. Uh, This woman needs help. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And so she hides these two men of God. And the men, the Canaanites of Jericho, pursued, verse 7, after them the way to Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof, and she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what he did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Sihon, and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. I want you to notice the introduction of the story here. We're introduced to Rahab. Uh, She's a harlot, and uh, she's a liar. Uh, But her faith is beginning to grow, and I'd like to just make four observations about her that I hope can be made even in our own lives, and, and God is going to use this lady, he's going to change her, he's going to convert her, and she's going to become one of the heroes of our faith. And uh, as we go forward here this morning, please realize that it doesn't matter what you were. It doesn't matter what you were when you come to God. God will save you. God will change you. God will wash away all your sins and all your past in his precious blood, and God will use you greatly. And I want you to notice four things about Rahab. Number one, I want you to notice today Rahab's fear. Rahab's fear. Now there's good fear and there's bad fear. Her fear was a good fear. She had heard something. The key to the whole story are the four words that begin verse 10. I want you to notice what it says here. Rahab says these words, For we have heard... Now, I don't know who these unseen heroes were who talked to her, but somebody was talking about the God of Israel and what the God of Israel had done. And as a result, it planted fear in her heart in a good way, for we have heard. Folks, if people are going to fear God, they've got to hear something. They've got to hear something. Somebody needs to tell them about the God of heaven. I think one of the problems in our country is that 60 years ago this year, our country, that is those that sat on the Supreme Court, decided that the Bible was not to be read in the public schools. And as a result, 60 years of children, 89% of the children of our country go to the public schools. Now, I know it's not their responsibility to teach the Word of God, but they used to teach the Word of God. They used to read the Bible every single day. And the children of our country back then heard something. And when you hear something about God, you begin to fear the Lord. You begin to fear the Lord. 
And here was this Canaanite woman, and, and she's just living an absolutely wicked life. Uh, she is a, a um, uh, she is a harlot, and I'm not sure why she was a harlot when she had such a support system of mentioned in verse 13, which we'll get to, and that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. I don't know why a woman who has such a family like this would end up becoming a harlot. But keep in mind, as we go back into Bible history, we find that the Canaanites were such evil people. They were so evil that God said to the Jews, listen, you're going to go in and you're going to make conquest in this land. You're going to take over this land. And I want you to either destroy them all or drive them all out. That's how bad they were. That's how filthy they had become. And boy, I think we're starting to see that sometimes in our own world. And uh, there's been experiences in some of our lives where even our country decided, you know, the only way to, to deal with ISIS is just destroy them. It's the only, they're never going to change. They're going to just keep indoctrinating their children generation after generation after generation to be like them. The only thing we can do is destroy them. And that's the way history has been, like it or not. Like it or not, that's the way it is. Sometimes people become so degenerate, so filthy, so vile, so wicked, there's no hope for them, like a Sodom and Gomorrah. When you read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and Adma and Zeboam, and God said, if I can find ten righteous people in there, I won't destroy them, but he couldn't. And so he destroyed all four of those cities uh, with sulfur and fire and brimstone uh, from heaven in Genesis chapter number 19. And that's how the Canaanites were. And I think Hagar was, oh, Hagar, Rahab uh, was a harlot just because that, that's just the way they lived. It had become just such a filthy society, but she heard something. Praise God, she heard something. Amen? That's when changes start taking place in somebody for good they heard something i remember we used to have a lady in our church uh carol or not uh, carol's uh, sister uh, jill jill oliveri some of you know jill and she was a longtime member here and a blessing and she told me the story one time about i, I think it was she was a, a girl or a teenager or something she went to a church one time in her life and the guy preached on hellfire and damnation he preached about hell. He preached about the lake of fire and what the Bible says, and that those who die without Christ are cast into a lake of fire and they never get out ever again. And they're doomed to an eternity in hell. And man, did that shake her up as a little girl. But praise God, she heard something. Somebody told her the truth, whether she enjoyed it or not. And later on, she said, because of what she heard when she was afforded the opportunity to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior and her pardon, and to be cleansed from all of her sins, she opened up her heart and asked Jesus to save her soul. And she's been serving the Lord for some time since. And, 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 and I, I know that story could be repeated millions of times, millions of times, where somebody who's never heard a thing all of a sudden hears something, and it sows the fear of God in that person. 
They're not saved yet, but it puts the fear of God in them. And you know, that's the way it works. Turn back to Deuteronomy chapter number 4. Deuteronomy, it's more towards the front of your Bible, chapter 4. And it says in verse 10, Especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, now he's speaking to Moses, and he says, he gives him this instruction, Gather me the people together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth and that they may teach their children. Now notice that. You gather the children together, gather women, men, everybody together, and they're going to hear my words, and the effect on them is that they are going to fear me. Do you ever hear the old saying, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God? Do you ever hear that before? So that's Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know what else comes by hearing? Fear. Fear comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You gather them together that they may uh, hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days of their life. Turn to Deuteronomy 31. I'm going to spend most of my time on point one, but I do have three other points. We're talking about, number one, Rahab's fear. You know, it says, by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. She must not have had any fear because she was a harlot. But then all of a sudden she heard something. She heard something. And you know what she heard? She heard about something God had done 40 years earlier. I mean, she's just living in sin there in Canaan with all the other Canaanites thing that they're thinking they'd never have any problems. And somebody says to her, hey, did you hear about what the God of Israel did for the nation of Israel when they were in Egypt, down south of us here? And they were there for over 430 years, and they became servants, slaves to the Egyptians. And God delivered them by the Passover lamb and by the blood that was applied to the doorpost and the lintels of their house, and they came out of Egypt alive But they got their backs up against the Red Sea, and Pharaoh, the most powerful army of our day, and all of his chariots chased him and finally backed him up against the Red Sea. Did you hear how God opened the Red Sea and how over three million of them walked across on dry ground? And then Pharaoh decides to try it with all of his chariots, and God let the waters come back in and drowned them all. And yes, it's true, Brother Doug can, can tell you it's true, that they, those that have gone down into the Red Sea to this day still find chariot wheels there. Chariot wheels designed like only the Egyptians had ever designed them. You know how you can tell different hubcaps? Remember that? People used to save hubcaps and used to know what kind of car that was on. It's the same thing with those chariot wheels. There's chariot wheels in the Red Sea right now that they say only the Egyptians ever had chariot wheels like that. Now, we don't need evidence, but it's nice to have evidence sometimes for our faith. We just believe because the Bible says it. But our faith is not without evidence. There have been over 2,500 archaeological discoveries in the last 150 years that have confirmed places, people, events in this book to be accurate. There has never been one single archaeological discovery yet 
that has contradicted a biblical story of a person, a place, a thing, or an event. Our faith has evidence. It has evidence. Now look at Deuteronomy 31 and verse number 12. Gather the people together, men and women and children, and thy stranger that is within thy gates, that they may hear and that they may learn and what? Fear the Lord your God. Notice that fear cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that they may observe to do all the work words of this law and look at verse 13 and that their children which have not known anything may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land whether you go over Jordan to possess it now, I want you to notice that twice now three times in Deuteronomy it says they'll hear people that don't know a thing can hear and learn and fear the Lord. And that's where help's going to start. You want to fear the Lord. You want your children to be God-fearing children. You want your grandchildren to be God-fearing children. Listen to this. There's so many promises on the fear of the Lord. You need a concordance to go through them all. But in Psalm 147, verse 11, listen to it. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him. In those that hope in his mercy. Would you like the Lord to take pleasure in your children? Would you like the Lord to take pleasure in your grandchildren? The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him. Gives God pleasure. Now by fearing him, it just means that we have that holy reverence and respect for him. It's not like we're afraid he's going to smash us the first time we've sinned or something. We'd all be gone then. It's the the fear I had for my dad. I knew he loved me, but I also knew he had some lines drawn. You don't cross that line. Uh, and, and, And because it was good, he had more wisdom than I. He knew it would be hurtful for me to do this, that, or the other. And so there was times he disciplined me, the fear of the Lord. By the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Proverbs chapter number 16 and verse 6. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. The fear of the Lord causes us to depart from the snares of death. Proverbs 14 and verse 27. Behold the fear of the Lord, Job 28, 28. That is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You can get a PhD from any university you want, but if you don't have the fear of the Lord, you don't have any wisdom. You may have an education, you may have knowledge, you may have understanding, but you don't have wisdom if you don't fear the Lord. See, I want you to notice back in our story here about Rahab. Rahab feared because she heard in verse number 10, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters and what he did with Sihon and Og, those, those powerful kings, our next door neighbors across the Jordan River, And as soon as we heard these things, verse 11, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. Now I want you to notice number two, Rahab's faith. 
Rahab's fear. Now look at the middle of verse 11, Rahab's faith. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Her fear produced her faith. Her fear produced her faith. Prior to that, she hadn't believed in God. She just did her, was doing her own thing. But now she enunciates her faith, <clears throat> verse 11, for the Lord your God. He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. You've got the right God. And, and, and she welcomed them. The Bible says later, we'll show you in a few moments, that her gesture in welcoming them into her house was her way of receiving the Lord when she received God's messengers. I mean, she was probably minding her own business that day and, and thinking about all the things she had heard and fearing God, and all of a sudden this knock. And there's these two men there. And, and she says, who are you? What do you want? And she says, we're from Israel. We've come to spy out the land. And she said, here's my chance to get some help. Come on in. Come on in. I've been looking for your God. I heard about your God. Our hearts have melted. Your God is the true God in heaven. And your God is the true God in earth. And she welcomed those messengers into her house. Her faith. You know, we ought to have faith. And sometimes that faith needs to be uh, mot- motivated by fear. And uh, let me read you a couple of verses in the New Testament. <clears throat> in the uh, New Testament. And uh, in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, it says this about Noah. Listen. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. You see, Noah was another man like Rahab who was motivated by fear. God said, this is what I'm going to do to the earth. He says, I'm going to flood this place with a violent flood And no one's going to survive it except those that get on the ark. And prior to that, no one had ever seen a flood. Nobody had ever seen any rain or anything. But Noah believed because God said it. That's what faith is, just taking God at his word, whether you've ever seen it or not. Say, well, I've never seen the rapture, but God said it's coming. God said he's sending his son Jesus back to the clouds someday to announce with a trumpet and with the voice of the archangel, come up hither. And everybody who's on this earth who has been born again and trusted Christ as their savior is going to disappear. And the Bible says we're going to go to meet the Lord with the air, in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now we've never seen that before. No one ever saw a flood before, but it says he moved with fear. Because of his faith. And he prepared an ark to the saving of his own family. To the saving of his own family. Boy, I'll tell you what, we need to be some God-fearing people who will take God at his word and and, and who will say, I'm going to act upon that. I'm going to fear God 
and my fear is going to produce number two, faith. And James chapter number two says that faith without works is dead. It's going to produce some works. What did it produce in uh, Rahab? Well, James put it this way. Likewise, I'm reading out of the New Testament book, James chapter two and verse 25. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Now we're not saved by works, but if we're saved by faith, but faith, true faith always produces works. It always produces works. A man or a woman of faith attempts things for God and with God in their life. And then the evidence is there. And she said, you know, these guys right here, they're they're from God. And by receiving them into her house, she showed her faith by her works. And she said, you men come in. I want to encourage you to be like Rahab. I want to encourage you to be like Noah and move with fear. And may that fear cause you to have faith in God And Noah did everything he could to save his own family. Start there. Start there. Is everybody in your family saved? Are you saved? Is every one of your children saved? Is every one of your grandchildren saved? Are you sure? Have you heard their confession of faith? For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Well, I think they are. We brought them up in church or they went to children's church. Yeah, but have you ever personally said, what is your testimony? Do you have a testimony? And if they stare back at you with blank stare like a deer's in the headlight, you know, if you're saved, you know you're saved. You were there when it happened. You became a new creature in Christ Jesus. You have a testimony. You might not be able to remember all the details. I don't don't remember the date. But I remember in November 1969, my dad drove me and my two brothers into a brand new church we'd never been to before. I can take you to that church. I can point to the seat I was standing in, sitting there and standing during the invitation when I prayed and asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior because the pastor led in a word of prayer. And I was born again. And I walked into that church that day saved, unsaved, and I walked out saved. And I've been saved ever since. Because when the Lord saves you, he gives you eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall they come into condemnation. Do you have a testimony? Do you have a time? It says in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse number 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. It's the day that you should be, if you don't have a testimony, I can tell you it is God's perfect will that you be saved this morning. Because behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. God has never said to one person, why don't you wait for a week and think about it? There's nothing to think about. We're all sinners. We need a savior. And there's one available to us, the Lord Jesus Christ. Moody Back in Chicago, 1871, I forgot the year. 
but he had a big crowd of thousands of people and he shared the gospel. He says, I want you to think about it for a week and come back. And that next day, the great Chicago fire started. And so many of those people perished. And Moody said, I'll never, ever tell anybody to wait again. You need to be saved, and you need to be saved now. Today's the day of your salvation. There are people in this room that could leave this church building this morning and say, February 26th, 2023, I prayed and believed and received Christ as my Savior. But we need to move with fear, folks, because the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. And some of you got to check up on your children and your grandchildren, and they got to hear something. For we have heard. That's what Rahab said. We've heard. Somebody did Rahab the greatest favor of their life. They told her about what the God of Israel had done. And it put fear in her heart. And now here comes these two guys and says, I've been waiting for you guys. I've been waiting for you guys. We've heard about your God. Your God is the God of heaven. And your God is the God of earth, and I need your God. That leads me to point number three. Rahab's fear. Rahab's faith. Then number three, Rahab's family. She immediately, immediately became burdened for her family. Here in Joshua chapter number two, in verse 12, she's saying to these men, um, we, we, our hearts melted, verse 11. We lost all of our courage. We, I, I believe in your God, my faith. Now, therefore, verse 12, I pray you, swear unto me. By the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. And that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. She became interested in her family immediately. Immediately she said, I I understand the true God, but my father needs that. My dad needs that. My sisters, my brothers, all their kids. They need this. We know, I know we're, we're going to be destroyed here very shortly. I know God's judgment is on us for the way we're living. We're not going to make it. But could you have mercy on us? Could you help me reach my family? And so they came up with a plan. They said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to make up some of this for time's sake. But they said, we're going to march around your city once a day for seven days. You're going to think we're nuts because we're not going to say anything. We're just going to march around in silence. On the seventh day, we're going to march around seven times. We're going to break our pitchers and start blowing our trumpets, and everyone's going to start yelling real loud. We're going to have your whole city of Jericho surrounded, and the walls are going to fall down flat. And we're going to come in from every angle and destroy all of you. He said, but if you'll do this, I promise you, and we'll swear unto you, we'll save everybody you get in your house. Every one of them. 
You get your father there, he'll be saved. You get your mother there, she'll be saved. Get your brothers, get your sisters, get all your kids, the grandkids, nieces, nephews, cousins. You get them all in your house, Rahab. And somehow Rahab must have gone out in, in, in the fear of God. And the story says she packed her house. Somehow they believed her. I got a feeling they had heard something too. I got a feeling they'd heard the same things Rahab heard. She said, there's hope. She said, these spies told me that if I'll put this scarlet thread in my window, this scarlet line, that they'll tell everybody else in the nation of Israel, destroy the whole city except for anybody who is in that room that has the scarlet line on the outside of the window hanging down. We're going to spare every one of their lives. And I believe, like so many others have believed down through the ages, that that scarlet line, without doubt, represents the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as the Jews had 40 years earlier taken blood from a Passover lamb and struck the doorposts and the lintel with the blood, in the form of a cross. When the death angel passed through Egypt that night, everybody who was inside of the house that was covered with the blood was saved. And everyone where there was no blood applied died. The firstborn died. And I believe now 40 years later, they didn't have a lamb. They didn't have any blood. But the spies said, do this. Take a scarlet line and you put it in your window. And I'll tell everybody, you leave them alone, you save them, and we're going to absorb them into our family, into our country, and they're going to be saved. And that's exactly what happened. Just before they went around the seventh day, Joshua said, now go into that house right there, and you get everybody out of there, and you put them behind us. They're safe. They're safe. Because they believed That's the only way to be saved. Believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved. And thy house. Acts 16 verse 31. And thy house. You need to get everybody saved. You need to get everybody in your family under the blood of Jesus Christ. And in order for that to happen, they've got to hear something. For we have heard they got to get some gospel tracts or some witness or something. they got to have somebody in every family who, no matter what the price, has to tell them about hell and has to tell them about heaven. Even if they think you're nuts, they may go off with just the seed of hell in their heart and say, I don't want to go there. Maybe someday start thinking about being saved. Let me say this last of all, Rachel's future. Rachel's future. Did you know there's only a few women that are mentioned in the genealogy to Jesus Christ? Only a few. Do you know what happened to Rahab the harlot? She gets saved that day. She goes back to the back of Israel, they, they go and fight the war and, 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 and there she is with her father and her mother and her brothers and her sisters and her cousins and her aunts and uncles and nieces and nephews, all these people. 
God saved and they're absorbed into Israel. She turns out to be a new lady. Her life's changed and this Jew, this Jewish man named Salmon, S-A-L-M-O-N, he's got eyes for her. And he marries her. She gets pregnant and has a boy. Do you know what his name was? Boaz. Did you ever read the book of Ruth? Boaz is a picture of somebody. Who is Boaz a picture of in the book of Ruth? Jesus Christ, the kinsman redeemer. His mother was an old harlot. Boy, anybody could start a new legacy. To get saved. And your, your, your future don't have to be like the relatives of your past. She has a boy named Boaz. He marries another Gentile woman. Ruth, they have a boy named Obed. Obed gets married. He has a boy named Jesse. Jesse gets married. He has a boy named David. Came down from a harlot who had gotten saved. Her life had been changed. Her future, she's in the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1. You read her name there. She's in the Hall of Faith of Hebrews chapter 11. That great Hall of Faith where it's talking about all the wonderful men and women of faith. And lo and behold, God says, I think I'll put her name in there. And we read in verse number 31 of Hebrews 11, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. She perished not with them that believe not. You know, those that don't believe, they're going to perish. They're going to perish. But those that believe are saved and saved forever. And when I see her in heaven, I won't say Rahab the harlot. I'll say, dear sister in Christ, I loved your story. I loved how you turned your back on the way you were and turned your faith towards the God of Israel and believed in the, the scarlet line and all that and, 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 and the, the example you are to women of soul winners. Get everyone inside that you can. Get everyone inside. Get everyone in Christ. Ladies, get everyone in Christ. Go after every one of your kids and say, are you sure? Are you sure? Go after your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews. I just love it when I see these ladies taking kids to vacation Bible school. Trying to get them somewhere where they're going to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. Be saved. Rahab, her fear. Number one, her fear. Because she heard something. People got to hear something. There's not enough God-fearing people in our country anymore because they're not hearing anything. They're not hearing anything from the pulpits. They're not hearing anything from the pews. 
But if someone will walk up to him someday and say, you know for sure you're going to heaven someday when you die? It's heaven or hell. Where do you think you'll spend eternity? They might walk away from you. You're nuts. But you put a seed in their heart. They've heard something. Rahab's heard. We have heard. We have heard. Rahab's faith. Your God is the God of heaven and earth. No other God does what your God does. She believed. And then her family, please swear to me that you'll save my family. And they said, okay, do this. Put a scarlet line. Get everyone you can. We promise you, anybody who's in the room behind the scarlet line will be saved. And then her future. She's in the hall of faith. She's in the lineage of Jesus Christ. She's in the epistle of James. As a woman whose faith was shown by her works. What a wonderful, wonderful story. Do you have a story? Do you have a testimony? Do you fear God today? If you don't fear God today, get in the word. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But fear comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Boy, there's some fearful days coming in in the very near future on this earth. People need to be ready. Are you ready? Are you ready to meet the Lord today? Where will you spend eternity? Today is the day of your salvation. I'd like us to bow our heads and close our eyes for a word of prayer. Our Father, we thank you for the old, old story of Jesus and his love. We thank you, Lord, for saving Rahab. Gives us all hope, men or women. Those that are fallen, those that are living in horrible sin can be saved. They can be saved. Lord, we want to pray for the spirit of the fear of the Lord because you take, you take pleasure in them that fear you. You give them favor. The God-fearing man or woman or boy or girl. We pray that our fear would produce a faith that is mobile and active, that goes after our family and other unsaved people. Lord, we just pray, oh God, for our future, that there would be a history written, that we serve God, Our lives changed. We were transformed. We became a great testimony. And what a wonderful thing you did for Rahab, giving her such a good husband. And and what a son Boaz. My, oh my, you can't get any better. Lord, I pray this might give somebody hope that no matter what they've done in their life already, no matter how bad it is, it can be forgiven and cleansed by the blood of your son, Jesus. And you make all things beautiful in your time. And you can write a beautiful story, a beautiful ending to the life of everybody in this room. So God help us, we pray. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you turn in your hymn books now to page 559. 559. If you are tired of the load of your sin, let Jesus come into your heart. If you desire a new life to begin... Let Jesus come in to your heart. Just like Rahab, this song. Let it speak to you as we stand together and close. 559. If you need to come and pray, pray for others, you come.